So before I entered seminary, I spent two years in UCC, University College Cork, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great time. I started the two years of an arts degree there, and in UCC there's a huge library called the Boole Library, and full of knowledge and wisdom and science and uh, students who should be studying. Uh, so I would go there occasionally if I had to do uh, a paper or get a, uh, something something written up, you know, because of all the... the yeah. What we do is generally a, friend, a group of friends would get together, say we were writing a, a, a geography as part of it, as uh, part of my, my degree, which I didn't finish, uh, but... Sorry, Mom. Uh, but... Uh, We'd get together, write on a similar theme, and then scan the whole library for similar books, just so you could reference as many books as possible. Take a quotation here, dear, quotation there, and just reference like crazy. Just it was just easier. You had a mountain of books you couldn't miss. All right, it's just the easiest way of getting a paper written quickly. Uh, but I remember I'd be sitting there, uh, or you just you just you just arrive, you just you're just setting up your your stuff, and then a friend would come over and go, "Hey, what you doing? Uh, just writing my essay." All right, how's it going? Uh, I'm. Just literally starting. Great, yeah. You want to come for coffee? Uh, maybe not just yet. How long have you been here? Four hours. How's it going for you? Oh, haven't started yet. <laughs> Invariably, I'd meet friends who basically, practically lived in the library. But they do laps with their cup of coffee and invite people for coffee and spend the day drinking coffee, basically, and then wonder why. I don't know. I just spent so long in the library and I'm getting nothing done. Do you know what? I mean, I can't believe I failed that exam. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's plain obvious why you failed. Like, do you know, time spent there, time spent in the right place, doesn't mean we're using that time well, right? Just because we're in the right place doesn't mean we're doing the right thing. Just because we're in the right place doesn't mean we have the right attitude. Just because we're in the right place doesn't mean we have the right desire. Like, some of those people, their desire in being in the library was their desire to study. I, don't, I actually don't think so, no. I don't think they had any intention of studying at all. They, wanted to, they thought if, if they're there, it somehow appeases their conscience. Now I feel like I'm doing the right thing because I'm, I'm in this place of study. Whether I study or not, hopefully being here is just sufficient. I'll just kind of pick it up to the ether. Rather than I desire. I'm here and my desire is to study. My desire is to get this paper written. My desire is to know what I need to know for the exam. My desire is to know the subject. I don't think that was the desire at all. I came across a very interesting prayer from a French priest called Thomas Merton. He was a Trappist who died in the late 60s at the young age of 53. Died in 68. And he said, My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I actually am doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. The desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me on the right road. Though I may know, though I may know nothing about it. I love that. You may guide me on the right road, 
though I may know nothing about it. I may, I, maybe I'm actually being guided on the right road, despite the fact that I'm oblivious to it. Because often, like, so maybe come to me, younger, younger people come to me at times and say, you know, what should I do next? What should I do now? And well, I'll often ask them, when you pray about it, what, what do you feel the Lord is saying to you? Well, nothing. Okay, well, maybe that just means stay on the road you're on. If your GPS, if Google Maps is telling you nothing, don't turn. <laughs> right? If Google Maps is not telling you to turn left or turn right, just stay on the road. Maybe you're, just, you're, maybe you're on the right track already. Just persevere. Just stay going. We don't have to be constantly turning, and God doesn't have to be constantly directing everything in order for us to be on the right road. Just stay doing what you're doing if you're not told anything else. So I know if I do this, I know if I try to do everything, if I try to, uh, if I have the desire to do your will in everything, then I know that you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. It's a, it's a bit heavy, but look. Okay, he was having a hard time, I guess. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me face my perils alone. Thomas Merton. There's, there's real depth in that. You know, this is a bit deeper than usual, but I think it's this important. Like the, the, desire, the desire to please God, the desire to do his will. Like... I was talking to someone relatively recently who unfortunately said that uh, as regards their faith, uh, their intention is to do the Sunday Mass thing, the Sunday Mass thing, and that's it. They don't want God interfering with the rest of their lives. The problem is the rest of their, lives, the rest of their life isn't a bit of a mess. And they're convinced that they have to kind of sort this out. They've left God out of the rest of their life and they're wondering why it's a mess. But I don't want to let God, I'm doing the Sunday Mass thing, and that's enough. I'm not doing any more of this prayer stuff, prayer groups, pilgrimages, nothing. Just do the Sunday Mass thing. And they wonder why, at the stage of life that they're in, things are still up in a heap. Is the desire there to do God's will? Is the desire there to be led by him? Because if it's not, what do we want? What do we expect? How can he guide anything if I don't even have the desire to be guided? Because then it's kind of like a parent. You can shout and roar and, and gently direct the child in, in, in the right way. But the time comes when you have to kind of let them go. And you might see they're heading down the wrong road. They're heading down, you know, like you might see when your child hits 18 and they start going out. And one of their best friends is called Butch. And Butch has a tattoo and a piercing through one ear comes out the other. and You can just see where this is going. Then your son comes home, Mom, I got a tattoo. <laughs> All right. And he comes home drunk. And you know that this is, uh, it's not what I want, but I can't hold his hand. I tried. <laughs> I tried going out with my 18-year-old son, and uh, he didn't appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, at times they will learn, they have to learn from their mistakes. It's not a nice, I think that must be a very scary time for parents, letting their, their kids go knowing that mistakes are going to be made. But the alternative is at 18 years of age, wrap them in cotton wool and chain them to the back lawn and have them cut grass and throw them food every now and again. Like, they eventually have to go. 
and mistakes will be made. And I think God does the same with us. He gives us freedom. And he knows that we're going to make mistakes. And by God do we. <laughs> but our desire, where is it? Is our desire to do God's will? Is our desire, despite the mess and the chaos and the mistakes, is our desire to do what he asks of us? If it is, then he can make things good. He can make all things good, even through the mistakes. If it's not our desire, then maybe we have a lot more to do with the mess than, than we realize. Maybe he's trying to guide us out of it, and maybe we're not listening. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Jesus tells us in our gospel, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. The Lord goes to prepare a place for us in heaven, that where he is, we may be too. This is such an incredible gospel and such good news. Such hope. So we ask the Lord today that in all that we do, we may have the desire to please him, the desire to do his will, the desire to build up his kingdom, the desire to know his heart. Amen.